Hello and welcome to another episode of the Total Clarity Podcast. I'm Jesse Hyatt. And I'm Mike Varley. And we have an episode for you today. We do. This week we were walking in the bridges of Upper Manhattan. That's right. And it was a weird one. We intended initially to do our observations of all of the Upper Manhattan bridges as we were walking them and pretty immediately realized that the sound, while we anticipated it being bad, was simply, we couldn't even hear each other, we were standing next to each other. Yeah, it wasn't possible to use. We did a whole cute little intro and we did the full first bridge, but you will not hear that because uh, you won't be able to. That's right. And because we weren't intending to film ourselves while doing this episode, we're still going to do it that way, which is to say, we're at our home, it's 10.37 and we're recording a podcast and we're gonna show some footage that we took of the bridges as we're walking over them and talking right. about them. And we did take real-time notes yeah. as we were walking over them. And like Mike just said, it's 1037. That's p.m. Standard Eastern Time. We have returned from our walk today where we did the full route of all the bridges. So it's fresh in the mind, even though our minds are a little sluggish right now, but we've got some good drinks to go some caffeinated drinks to go with our caffeinated podcast. Right. So, yeah. So let's get into it. That's right. We have our first bridge, which is the Henry Hudson Bridge, all the way up in Inwood, Manhattan. And not only are we, because bridges go somewhere, they don't just stay on the island that they are on, typically. This is our first trip into the Bronx. Yeah, we don't go very far in because we're going from bridge to bridge, but we do tip our toes into a number of the neighborhoods that are along the coast in the Bronx, specifically the coast that borders the waterway that borders Manhattan. That's right. So six months into this project and we are finally going into the Bronx. We finally boogied down. That's right. and. It's fun. I really like the Bronx so far. We're obviously only getting a taste of the shoreline, but it's a nice kind of experience of the same but different. Sure. It has an almost uncanny feeling compared to different parts of the city where I know I'm still in Manhattan, or Manhattan. I'm still in New York City, but it's different somehow. There's it's a lot hillier. Mm -hmm. The architecture has some sort of different quality to it. And yeah, I'm looking forward to ultimately when we spend all of April there. Yeah, I'm excited to really get to explore that borough and get to know it in a similar way that we've gotten to know the other boroughs at this point. Yeah, but for now, we get the little taste. Yeah. And so, again, Henry Hudson Bridge is our first bridge. I did research for the top half of the bridges. Jesse did the research for the bottom half to give you all a little bit, just a, just a little tiny taste of some of the facts in history. So it is named after Henry Hudson, who was the European explorer that first set eyes on the Hudson River. And it connects Inwood, Manhattan, and Spite and Dival in the Bronx. It opened to the public December 12th, 1936. It was named to commemorate Henry Hudson, obviously. He uh, anchored there around in that spot 
when he came to explore the area in his boat called the Half Moon, mm. which I didn't really know the name of his boat, but it's actually a Half Moon right now. Yeah. Mike told me that this history as we were crossing the bridge and then when the sunset we noticed that it's a half moon today. Yeah. And uh, Robert Moses, the uh, Parks Department head from the, well for like almost three or four decades, I'm not sure exactly offhand, but very prominent figure in New York City's history. He was the uh, head of this project and he favored it because he was able to utilize federal land and federal labor in order to get it done. It cost $7 million to build back in the mid-30s, $160 million for renovations in 2000, and $86 million in renovations that are still happening right now, wow. which was part of the uh, clamoring noises that uh, <laughs> we experienced. And yeah, I mean, as far as a bridge goes, it has some beautiful views of the Palisades mm -hmm. to the left, and it has a pretty regular flow of traffic. It has this like corrugated metal roofing, which I don't know is if that is a permanent thing or a construction thing. It seems I think it permanent. Might have been permanent. Yeah. yeah. But it, uh, yeah, it really creates this kind of echoey effect in there. And uh, yeah, I know you took some notes. What were your observations? I did. So I'm, I plan to just read my notes Okay. for each bridge. I wrote, small bridge with big bridge energy. Windy, comfortable to walk on, no vertigo. Pretty view to the left, which was west of the Palisades through the metal fence. Feels like it should be quiet because of the setting, but it's loud. They were doing construction and the traffic was very loud. Yeah, I would contend that it actually is a pretty big bridge. I oh, mean, yeah? It's, it's, it feels, I would say it's big a big bridge. Big bridge energy, like I would I say, said. Well, maybe I would say it's a big bridge with small bridge energy in oh. a way. Because we, the area we were walking through indeed was only like two lanes. I mean, the video will prove me wrong, but it was, it, there wasn't but a lot was of traffic. Lanes. It was a three lanes? Yeah, but I think. we were actually pretty high up. It's an arch bridge. Yes. And uh, which is to say that there's no movement of the bridge in order for boats to get by, which is something that will be a theme moving forward. But it it actually is a, a pretty high up um, construction. Yeah, I guess it depends on what metrics you're using for small versus big. I actually initially wrote big bridge, but then I changed it to say small bridge. And then I thought, well, that's not right either. So that's why I landed on my final wording. But it's short. It's a short bridge. Like We weren't on it for that's very true. long, which is why I ultimately called it a small bridge. Right. But it is tall and sort of a monster, and it's loud, and it's powerful and strong. Yeah. Okay. So that was our introductory bridge. It's... It connects into Inwood Hill Park, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you like you approach it from the park, but then the cars drive right by the park. It doesn't. I don't know if there was forest there before the bridge was there or not, but mm. uh, you know, it seems to me that they struck some sort of balance to preserve the forest to some degree at the top yeah. of, the, of the island. So, so yeah. So from there, you're in Spite and Dival. And we kind of navigate our way over to Marble Hill, mm -hmm. 
and we find ourselves on the Broadway Bridge. It's our second bridge, and that one is a lift bridge.、Mm. And as I said, there are several different types of bridges that we encounter throughout this whole thing. And the lift bridge is kind of what it might suggest. It has two big towers、uh, on either side of the bridge, more or less, and then the middle section will raise so that boats can go through it.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is, I would say, not the most common bridge that we'll encounter, but it happens a couple of times. Yeah. It. This particular bridge opened December twenty sixth, nineteen sixty. It is the third bridge at this location.、Uh, the first bridge was there for ten years,、uh, from eighteen ninety five to nineteen o five, and then was relocated, which we will get to in a little bit. The second bridge was built to accommodate subway traffic, and that was there from nineteen o five to nineteen sixty. The last ride was December twenty third, nineteen sixty, and for some reason, for the upper half of the bridges, December closings and openings is a theme for some、mm. reason. And then, after being closed December twenty third, they worked Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and got a new bridge floated over to that location and installed on December twenty sixth, nineteen sixty. Wow! Yeah, so. Hooray for our civil engineers of the past to work over the holidays to、yeah. get something like that going. It's, I guess it's a. It seems like a good time to do it, and also the worst time to do it. Like lots of holiday traffic, but also it's the holidays, so like it doesn't matter. Right. Like if you get there on time. Yeah, and so the one train goes over that to this day on one of the 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 lower level. Or is it the upper level? I think it's above. I guess, it. I, yeah, I guess it's above、yeah. the, the car traffic, and thirty-seven thousand vehicles a day go over the bridge. And yeah, I mean it's a it's a handsome bridge. Yeah. I yeah I don't know what were your what were your notes on it. Well, I don't remember. Let's see. So, <laughs> Broadway Bridge, small bridge, feels small. Quiet compared to Henry Hudson, but there's a bus stop right at the entrance and lots of convenience stores, so there's a lot of people. Also, a subway runs above and a stop nearby. Seems to be heavily trafficked as a pedestrian bridge, but more quiet with car traffic and not much wind. Yeah, I noticed that on the Bronx side of things,、mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of shopping there. Yeah, which. Would be attractive to people that live on either side of what's going on, but like some box stores as well as some smaller locations too. Right. Yeah, and then on the Manhattan side of things, it's more open. Like I don't know, maybe like hospital or something is over there, but it seems or it might be residential, but it doesn't seem quite as tight. Yeah, it definitely was not as as dense with activity. Yeah. As on the Bronx side. So we kind of we went over the bridge one direction and then came back over it, so that we could follow the route that we had taken earlier in the week, because this is our first day starting up up top. Right, and it gets complicated with all our other routes. We have been, you know, you can kind of you're on just a regular road, <laughs> so you can go 
in either direction and sort of mess with it a bit. But with the bridges, it, we had to be a little more particular about staying on the path. Yeah. So we uh, walked on in the Bronx for a little bit and ended up at our next bridge, which is the University Heights Bridge. Now, the University Heights Bridge was originally the 1895 Broadway Bridge. Oh, that's where it went. That's right. So it was floated it floated down the river and then set up there. Cool. Yeah. And it's a swing bridge. Now, a swing bridge also might sound like what it does. I don't know. Yeah. To, but basically, it swings out into the river in order for boats to pass. Yeah. I looked at a a little moving graphic of a swing bridge because I was thinking about how that would work mm -hmm. like and thinking that it was all right angles mm -hmm. and it looks like maybe it's slightly curved to allow for that swinging to happen because mm. you know if you think about it like I kept thinking like does it raise up a little bit to go over like as it turns but it looks like the edges are slightly curved oh interesting somehow which i was looking for as we were walking today and i didn't notice that yeah i also did notice there's like a small space so i don't know exactly how it works but yeah i i wasn't entirely clear i did notice that each one of the swing bridges has a little i don't know dock area like or something yeah. in the middle and it looks like that if it if it were to swing out to that, it must it must stay above that. And I don't know if that's like so that people can maintain it underneath or what. But if it were to swing at the level, it would there's like different railings and whatnot that look like they get destroyed. So it must rest above it somehow. I don't really know how. Yeah, either like it blocks it from going too far or yeah. maybe it's just, I think it might be where the cables are kept also. I saw signs that said don't anchor here mm. because there's cables. Yeah. Uh, so it was made a New York City landmark in 1984 mm -hmm. and it was renovated in the early 90s to widen and repair. Uh, it maintained the aesthetics, but it seemed like a good portion of the actual original bridge was replaced. And in June 2008, they had a centennial parade to honor its presence. That sounds nice. Yeah. And also, for those that are fans of the Marvel Universe, the opening credits of the show Luke Cage has this bridge featured in it. That's cool. Yeah. This, and it's called University Bridge? Mm-hmm. Because it's near Fordham? I believe so, yes. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's a very nice lattice work. I mean, honestly, uh, we will get to a number of other swing bridges. And I would say this is one of the more attractive ones. Yeah, this is a nice looking bridge. Yeah. Uh, what were your uh, little notes? My notes for the University Bridge are... It was kind of a bitch to get on the walkway due to bad crosswalks, traffic, speeding garbage truck, and a long honker. The actual walk over the bridge was fine. Mm -hmm. Kind of ugly and gritty, small and short, splashy traffic, two-way traffic, two lanes each way. Feels utilitarian and not much more. Slightly nice view to the south if you look past the processing plant. So do you think... So I guess it, I didn't love that bridge. Well, I mean, now, because this is the only the third bridge you saw, do you feel like 
it's prettier in retrospect relative to the other bridges? Well, okay, so we're currently watching the video that Mike took That's of right. each of these bridges as we're talking. And yeah, now that I'm paying a little more attention to the form of the latticework that you called out, I, I really do like that. And I'm seeing some of the metalwork that's really pretty. I think the actual experience of walking over it was probably a little bit just overwhelmed by the fact that like there's a big plywood border. It's pretty tight. There were a lot of puddles. That's what I meant by splashy traffic. <laughs> and yeah, and it was just like a pain in the butt to get on the bridge because we we crossed one road and then we had to cross back and then yeah it was just like so many cars and it was just like this tiny we were just like i'm just trying to get over this tiny bridge is all and it like was such a hassle yeah, yeah. so i think i was probably just a little wound up from that right yeah that's fair yeah. it was a very trafficked bridge and there was just a lot of people yeah long honkers as we call them that's yeah that's uh we'll get to that later actually but <laughs> uh great so from there we're back on the manhattan side it'll be hard to keep track because we're just hopping back and, back forth. and forth and so we are going through the section of the city that has highbridge park and with highbridge park comes surprise High Bridge. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know? So we're on the uh, High Bridge, which is the oldest bridge in New York City. Wow. Yeah. And with it comes all sorts of different architectural marvels. Yeah. There is the High Bridge Water Tower, which you'll see um, prominently. Mm -hmm. um, it is a part of the Croton Aqueduct, the whole thing, the bridge, the water tower, is all part of the Croton River Aqueduct, which was the first major source of fresh water that the city um, acquired, constructed. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you how how you want to say it, but as the city was blossoming, yeah. it needed additional water sources, and so it tapped the Croton River upstate. Mm -hmm and created this pretty impressive aqueduct system that comes all the way through and was vitally, uh, you know, this this bridge was a vital line to get it to the city. Yeah. So it was originally opened in 1848. Okay. And again, it carried the water from upstate and they decided that they wanted to create a walkway to go along with it on top. Mm -hmm. And it would have been a lot easier to make it a low bridge, but they realized that they wanted to have the potential for un unencumbered boat traffic yeah. along the river. And yeah, that makes sense because you can't really raise and lower an aqueduct, I would think. Probably not. Or swing it or yeah. whatever, yeah. And apparently the tunnel construction was kind of still in, a, in its infancy. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's more on this idea of boat traffic later. Okay. But, yeah. So they decided to make it a higher structure. 
and it has a, a number of arches, as you might be able to see from the video that we have running. It isn't in its uh, entire original form. There is a steel structure in the middle of it now that took the place of, I don't know, half a dozen of the 17 or whatever arches there were. Mm -hmm. And they did it for stability's sake. I, I'm, not even, I, I'm not even sure I would have noticed it had I not known, but it, it is pretty obvious once you see. When you're looking for it, but they did a pretty good job of making it fit in. Yeah, I, I think. think so. It's still a very pretty bridge. Yeah, and coming from the Manhattan side, there is these dramatic sets of steps Ugh. that you have to take in order to get down to actually access the bridge itself. And so that took a little bit for us to get get down the yeah, stairs. Yeah, if you, if you watch the video, I guess Mike at some point passes me. But before you, he passes me, you can see me like freezing. Yeah. My, my legs were locking up going down those stairs. So it actually was a tourist attraction for the city for a number of decades. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact time frame. They had these really cool medallions on the bridge itself that kind of denoted different times where the history, what the history was at that yeah. time. There's one that says a destination 1870 to 1910. The high bridge became a popular destination for day trips. New Yorkers came by steamboat and streetcar to stroll across the walkway. Yeah. And... I would say it would even be a destination now. This definitely feels sure. like one of the, you know, I would add it to our collection of unknown gems or, you know, not really well-trafficked gems at this point. Yeah. Because, I mean, A, oldest bridge in New York City, which is for a, you know, a city of bridges, you know, is a mm -hmm. noteworthy thing. And also the view that it affords on either side, and we have video from daytime, it's impressive. Nighttime, it's also impressive because there's so much traffic that's going through on either side. Yeah. It is, yeah, a really enjoyable vantage point. You really get to see uh, the arteries of traffic and just this, um, without having to be so close to all of it, it really gives kind of a, a sense of perspective of, how much constant energy there is moving into and out of this area. And yeah, so 1848, it was opened as a water source. 1949, it was closed as a water source. So 101 right. years, wow. it served as... Wow, that's a long time. It is. And after it was closed, it quickly started becoming a source of uh, problems, it seems, for uh, uh, vandalism. Mm -hmm. It was taken over, of course, by the Parks Department and Robert Moses. This mm -hmm. is, you know, 20 years plus after the Henry Hudson Bridge was made. So wow. it gives you a sense of how, what his influence was. And... People were throwing objects off of the bridge and hitting tour boats. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, people were seriously injured. So yeah. it's, you know, but it also, it, 
with enough time and distance, it seems a little comical, honestly. Just the idea that people were, I don't know, it, it seems silly. I mean, I guess it depends on what they were throwing off. Like if it's a tomato, probably not a big deal. If it's a big, a big old rock or something, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's also just like it's teenage activity. Like that shit still happens. Yeah today in every town there's some kid that's thrown something off a bridge and seriously injured someone below yeah and so the bridge was closed and an interesting thing about it is no one can really settle on when it was closed even though it was closed 50 years ago or i guess you know 60 years ago at this point yeah it there's there's some discussion as to when the parks department says it was closed in 1970 but yeah, on the Wikipedia page, they have it. Uh, it could be sometime as early as 1960. They know <laughs> definitively that in 1968, there was a reporter that tried to go on and they were not able to access the bridge. Right. So. Yeah, it's some, funny. funny. I mean, weird, like record keeping. That's either like someone just didn't keep those records safe or there was some kind of weird lawsuit that they were trying to get out of and change the dates or, you know, or, or somebody, I don't know, who knows, or like maybe the reporter asked and they're like, ah, no, that bridge has been closed for years, but it's been like a day. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But it was, I mean, obviously just left, I don't know, because of flight to the suburbs or, or whatnot, but it was just, I guess, an area that people didn't care to traverse at all. So yeah, maybe. So the bridge sat dormant for somewhere around 45 years, depending on where you want to mark it. And then in 2013, after some renovations uh, that started in 2009, it reopened again for pedestrian traffic. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That was recent. Yeah. So just another instance of something being reclaimed and it not necessarily receiving tremendous fanfare. Yeah, that's funny because that's, yeah, super... Super recent. I don't remember hearing anything about it or, uh, you know, taking any trips up there to see it or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it was announced that it was going to be reopened in 2013. And then mm -hmm. I guess it was formally opened in 2015. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah. So it's um, been four or five years. Yeah. And it's definitely worth going to check out. So from there... We are... Oh, wait, you didn't let me read my notes. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Give me, give me your notes. <laughs> I almost forgot to. Okay, high bridge. Scary stairs leading down to the bridge induced vertigo. Why so steep? Bridge itself is top notch. Pedestrian only. Brownish red brick type curved walkway. Little historical plaques. Fine views. Kind of crowded on the water area over there with the highways and other bridges going every which way, which is interesting to look at, but not pretty. I think by over there, I mean north. Okay. Because south was nice. <laughs> bridge itself is pretty enough to balance that out, though. Yeah. Best bridge so far. Post bridge, you can see the arches that hold it up, and it gets even more extra points. <laughs> Very nice. So that was that bridge. We are in the Bronx again, and we're walking down through a lot of construction areas, mm -hmm. and uh, there, and we find ourselves in the shadow of Yankee Stadium. Dun, dun, our first time looking at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Not our last, and we 
find ourselves going over the Macombs Dam Bridge. Now, this bridge has a very interesting history as far as I'm concerned. It, there, was, there have been three versions of the bridge. The first version was a dam slash bridge. Yes. That was from 1814 to 1848. And Robert Macomb requested to build a dam for a grist mill that he owned. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if he had a lot of sway or what, but citizens, seeing that this thing was going to go through with the state legislature, mm -hmm. decided to pity, piggyback on and say, we want to have a pedestrian bridge as well. Okay. And Makes sense. Yeah. So the bridge was uh, run by Robert Macomb. And it was, there was a toll to go over it, pedestrian-wise. Okay. And, I mean, that probably involved carts and whatnot, too, not just, you know, foot traffic. I don't, you know, but, like... Sure, maybe, yeah. And they, yeah, so there was a toll, and half of the money was supposed to go to the education for the poor. That's nice. Sounds great. Who knows if that actually happened or what that yeah. looked like. But sounds like a cool idea. Well, it turns out that they didn't do such a great job building the first bridge. Really? The first dam. Yeah. So part of the responsibility was that they had to make it so that boats could go by. Mm -hmm. And so they were creating a lock system. It wasn't like a, it wasn't, because it was a dam and not a bridge necessarily, you know, dam first. They yeah. couldn't do like the lift bridge or the right. swing bridge right. or anything like that. Right, you need it to still hold the water. Right, so they did a lock system. Now, for anyone that doesn't know what a lock system is, it's basically like a, a few smaller dams. So you can like open one, bring your boat in, close it off again so the water can't follow you. Mm -hmm. Open the next and bring, bring it out. That's right. So they made a lock that was only a seven by seven foot square. Which like is the to size say, of one person a, laying down. Yeah, which is to say, a rowboat could barely be used. Yeah. And I understand that this is 1814, but at the same time, like right, they don't have like carnival cruise ships going. They down don't, the river, but also but, like, they, they cross the Atlantic boats. Ocean. Yeah. You know, and it just seemed crazy to me that you know, for a city that has you know planned so many other things, that this was able to get by. Yeah. And understandably, it was an outrage with the citizens. Yeah. Kind of from the jump. Yeah, it sounds like old man Macomb just didn't really want anybody coming into his grist mill area. That's right. So this was wild. It was eventually, well, I guess I'll just read the Wikipedia. Okay. People were unhappy. Yeah. And they were trying to figure out a way to get rid of this thing. Mm -hmm. And so... There's a little civil disobedience that happened. Okay. So the dam was opened in 1814, and the bridge was finished in 1815. McCone's dam's capacity was limited by its narrow width, as I mentioned earlier, with a lock that was seven by seven feet. People were no longer able to use it after a while because the boats were larger, and people were actually dying trying to get around this thing. Oh, my God. Because I guess in the, you, with the t when the tide was high, maybe it was possible to get around the sides. Okay. It wasn't really able to figure that out. But there was, I guess, some method, but it created very dangerous sailing conditions, and wow. people died. So in September 
1839, they there was a, a group of people that sailed up to the dam. Mm-hmm. And I guess, uh, take a step back, they had been going there every day for months. And the people that ran the dam were obligated to keep a log of people that wanted to get through but couldn't because their boat wasn't the right size. Okay. So there was paperwork, essentially, sure. saying every day that they couldn't get through. And then in September of 19, 1839, they decided that this was their time. Yeah. And they were refused uh, to passage. And then they started taking axes to the dam. Oh, my God. A hundred men started just attacking the dam. Wow. And then they went home. <laughs> and then they came back three more times. What? So four days in a row, they came back and just chopped the dam down. Wow. And Wait, so there wasn't like police? <laughs> I don't know. It was Or like the Mokom security wasn't like you, you can't do that. <laughs> It was just a different time. Yeah, it was a different time. Also, one of I mean, I guess a hundred men with axes, like... Yeah, I guess. What are you going to do with that? They referenced that one of the leaders was the son of, like, an American revolutionary, too. Wow. Which, like, you got to imagine back in the day, there was a different respect for that type of civil disobedience. And if you had, yeah, like, direct blood to one of the revolutionaries, <laughs> you probably got away with a lot more, you know? Yeah. So anyway, well, it's also like in your genes to yeah, like, right, exactly, just tear shit apart. Yeah. So you might think that in, I mean, in our contemporary society, yeah, that the cops would step in or something like that. Yeah. But in fact, the, but I guess like, how would you even call the cops? Yeah. Send a pigeon. Yeah. The 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 courts actually sided with these insurrectionists, if you want to call them. Sick. Yeah, and it was considered a nuisance to the public. The dam. Yeah, yeah. and that it Clearly, never should because they couldn't yeah. stop axing at yeah. it. <laughs> and it was it was said that it never should have been built in the first place because the waterways were federal concerns. Gotcha. Are they still? Do you think that I don't know. I would maybe I don't know, but so this is 1839, right? Mm-hmm. It took until 1858. Until the d- dam was demolished. Wow. Which, I guess once they destroyed it, it was like, boats could pass. Yeah. But it was, I just, I With guess the there axes, was just, you yeah, mean? I guess yeah. there was just like this trash dam that was there for <laughs> 20 years, which is something that. Yeah, I, that's so bizarre. But it's also like, that would definitely still happen today. Maybe. I don't just know. Just some bureaucratic bullshit. Something or I've like noticed. Or like McComb just being like. I'm not moving my dam. Yeah, maybe. I mean, something I've noticed about reading these this history of the bridges, and the second iteration of this bridge will, I think, put it into context, but it seems like there's, like, bridge time. It's almost like geologic time. <laughs> like, you don't measure it by, like, years. Yeah. Bridges are, like, Decades. It's like 50, 50 years is like the life, the minimum life of a bridge, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. like oftentimes it could be 100, 150 years. And it might be like there might be big chunks where it's like, well, it took 
it could take 12 years to be constructed or it could right. take 30 years to be renovated sometimes or just yeah well there's so much that goes into it probably to make sure that they're structurally sound it's really i think it's probably super important well absolutely like the engineering that goes into it and then you don't want to just you can't just build something like that that is going to last for like a year yeah but here it took 20 years <laughs> until after it was mauled yeah to, to actually act. take it down yeah yeah so yeah I, i'm curious kind of to hear even more about that story i wonder maybe at some point we'll look into it yeah after that there was a second version of the bridge okay that lasted from 1860 to 1895 and was okay. unpopular that entire time. Why? <laughs> 35 years. People lived and died with this substandard <laughs> second bridge. It doesn't seem that it was as uh, just, or like invasive okay. as the dam yeah. bridge. But it was, just, it was constantly over budget and needed repairs and was never satisfactory. And Did there was- Did they ax that down too? Uh, uh, no, they did not axe okay. it down. They just kept trying to repair it and make it better, and it wasn't working. Oh. And the people didn't like it. I think probably there was like already there was like bad juju probably yeah. around the area. Yeah. And there was, I guess, one. I was quote, just about to use that exact same term. Weird. Yeah. There was there was <laughs> one quote from like a New York Times story at the time where they were like, "They ought to keep it for the clam wagons." The what? The clam wagons. <laughs> Though, what did you call me? <laughs> though no clam with any regard for himself would ever cross the bridge. Ooh, yeah. burn. Burn, that's right. Bivalve burn. Bivalve burn, that's right. So, 1895, <laughs> we get rid of that bridge. Yeah. And in steps Alfred Pencoast Bowler. I've heard his name. You you well have because he also designed two bridges that you were responsible for researching. Yeah, he's a big bridge boy. The 145th Street and Madison Avenue Bridge. And this is where our contemporary bridge steps in. It was... Are you moving on to another bridge again without letting me read my notes? No, I'm not oh. at all. This is the contemporary oh, version of the, <laughs> the Macomb Dam Bridge. I'm sorry, there's so bridge. many bridges on this one bridge. I know. <laughs> we heard you like bridges, so we put bridge in your bridge. This is a swing bridge because Alfred Pancoast Bowler was a big swing bridger. Just to be clear, everyone, we're still talking about Macomb's Dam Bridge. That's correct. Yeah. And swing. Yes. Oh, and this is the one near Yankee Stadium. We can say it. Swing, bada bada, swing. <laughs> Very good. That's it, what Joe DiMaggio or whatever his name is probably says. The Yankees win. The Yankees win. That's John Sterling. Yes. Exactly. Right. So the Macomb, the Macomb Dam Bridge currently has been there for, yeah, 120-something years. Okay. Wow. And I think that places it as the third oldest major bridge cool. in the city. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that. We don't know what that means, really, but it's just one of the oldest, well, third oldest major bridge. Yeah. It, I don't know what constitutes a major bridge versus a minor bridge. But probably two-way traffic and length, I guess. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. It was critically well-received, oh. unlike the first two. So they managed mm -hmm. to break the spell of bad juju. Yeah. It has a painting by Edward Hopper. What? 
I didn't see that. 1935. Yeah. Really? Well, you, yeah, it wasn't yours to research. It was mine. That's why you didn't but see I it. But I didn't see it on the bridge. Well, no, it's not on the bridge. Oh, Edward Hopper painted <laughs> the bridge. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it, it goes right to Yankee Stadium. So yeah. if you're driving from Manhattan into the Bronx, it's kind of a, an interesting view. It's really pretty. Yeah. Why don't you tell us your review Ooh, of it? Ooh, I don't even remember what I wrote. I guess I said that before. Okay. Pretty looking. Nice side decorations, maybe flowers. Also really pretty structure above the roadway. Are those called trusses? Cool old signage to leave the bridge when the gong sounds so it can draw. Signs to dismount bikes that aren't respected. Two mopeds and an electric bike passed us on the short trip across. Looks like under the bridge on the Bronx side, there was a path leading under the bridge. Oh, whatever, I wrote this in, in the moment. Looks like under the bridge on the Bronx side, there was a path with three full shopping carts. I guess it's a living space. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, it looked like there was a lot going on under the bridge. Yeah. People living there. Uh, yeah, I like that bridge. I like, did you notice the decorations that I was talking about, the little flowers on the side? No. Oh, it's kind of down like below to the, to the outside, mm. below where the person would be walking. Kind of looked like the decorations on a tin ceiling. Mm. No, I'll have to check the next time we walk through. Yeah, it's really pretty. There's also a lot of stickers on this bridge, which I would think is more of a downtown vibe, mm. but not here. And obviously, I like that aesthetic. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that was, yeah, historically a very fun bridge. And I, I think it, it looks nice, too. I like the little points on the top of the, I guess, the second half if you're going towards Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And that does it for my researched amount of bridges. Oh, I think it's boy. your turn now. Okay. Well, except for one more, oh. but we'll get there. Oh, yeah, because you did the last one. Cool. Mm -hmm. So I guess that takes us to the 145th Street Bridge, correct? I believe so. Yeah. So the 145th Street Bridge is a four-lane swing bridge. It connects 145th street in Manhattan with 149th street in the Bronx. It used to be called the Lenox Avenue Bridge because it also connects with Lenox Avenue in the city, but that name fell into disuse. The thing that was cool about this bridge is that it had these old lamps on it that were actually replaced, but they were replaced with something that looked kind of similar and I still really liked those but they were until they were replaced in 2004 they were the only old radial wave lamps that were still in existence okay in, in the city mm -hmm. um, so that was a fun fact this bridge didn't really have a ton of information about it but let's do I think you've said the price of all the bridges, right? So this was built in 1901 for $2.75 million. Sorry, it was started building in 1901. It was finished in 1905. 
Okay. For $2.7 million. And that guy, Alfred Pancoast Bowler, mm-hmm. was the designer. Yeah. So we spoke about him earlier. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the signs, it used to have signs, and I guess they took those down too. But this bridge also had the signs, like what we talked about on the Maycombs Bridge, mm-hmm. that said that a gong was going to be, would be sound if the bridge needed to swing. Right. Yeah. Did you have notes for this one? Yeah, I have notes for everything. So, well, what about you? Do you want to say what your thoughts are or you want me to start? I thought it was a simpler looking bridge. That was, and I was curious about what the Middle Island was for, but we talked about that a little bit already as far as just the general mechanisms of swing bridges. Yeah. This, yeah, this was actually the one that I noticed that Middle Island on mm-hmm. for the first time. I said, super short and just feels like a city road. Definitely nicer than some of the others with the flickering lights and feels clean, but nothing really that special about it. I could see where the bridge swings to, which made me understand the structure better. Yeah. So from there, were we walking into the Bronx mm-hmm. on that one? Yep. Okay, so then we walked through the Bronx for a bit and walked down to the Madison Avenue Bridge. That's right. And these are like the actual walking part I don't have any notes for. And I it was just eight hours ago or so, and I can't even remember. What part of the Bronx were we walking through? Was it Mott Haven at that point? No, not yet. That was the next chunk? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, we were walking under highway oh right it was such a short walk we were i think it actually might have been mott haven but it was the north it was like the very north part of that neighborhood Mm -hmm. and it was only just under you're right it was just under the highway on the brookner or something yeah um okay so then we walked to the madison avenue bridge which is also a four-lane swing bridge Mm -hmm. crossing the harlem river Mm-hmm. This was also designed by Alfred P. Boiler, mm-hmm. built in 1910. Yeah. There was an earlier swing bridge there that was built in 1884, but it was taken down and replaced in order to double the capacity of the bridge. Mm. And now this bridge is the first one that we come across on our route if we're going in the direction that we went from the north. That is part of the New York City Marathon. Yeah. I thought that was fun because we're doing a marathon. Yeah. And in the official New York City Marathon, the runners, this is the last leg of the bridge. The runners cross over into the Bronx over a bridge that we'll talk about later. And then they run through the South Bronx for a bit and then return to Manhattan over the Madison Avenue Bridge. Yeah. To finish their day. Yeah. And I believe they finished the race in Central Park. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, this bridge is, I mean, there's a lot of traffic going on, though, if I recall correctly, it's like only traffic one way mostly uh, for some weird reason. There's not, like, it's, it's just backed up to no end going into the Bronx. And then going into Manhattan, it was fairly quiet. Yeah, I mean, like, it was probably time of day. I guess, but... yeah. Well, which, yeah, it's a common thing. It's not well balanced. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, getting closer to the end of the workday. Yeah. 
But I think it might have been like three or four when we were over there. Yeah. And in uh, in accordance with the fact that it was designed by the same person and is the same type of a swing bridge, it's very similar to the last one. It, you know, in my opinion, kind of utilitarian. Yeah, Not, I agree with that. Maybe, maybe slightly more compelling than the last one, but generally, you know, it serves a function. Yeah. I think I liked the 145th Street Bridge slightly more, mm -hmm. but agree with you that it's just kind of a utilitarian bridge. Yeah. I wrote aggressive car traffic leading up to it, wide pedestrian area, not very many walkers crossing, basic bridge. View of the blue train bridge next door is kind of cute. Yeah. Which it was. I think that's the Amtrak bridge. Mm. I couldn't find a name for it when we were out walking. I tried zooming in on it. But it is a cute little, that blue bridge next to it is cute. And um, yeah, there's just a train. I think it's the Amtrak, but I don't know. It might be the Metro North. Yeah, it does not give a name for the bridge on the map as far as I can tell. But it's a lift bridge and it's definitely kind of very compelling visually when yeah. you're looking back and forth as you're crossing the bridge. I wonder how that works to be a lift bridge and have a train track on it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I also was really thinking about how often, if ever, these bridges get activated. I was really hoping when, I when we were doing the research about these and I was seeing that almost everyone that I researched is a swing bridge, I was really hoping that we would see it swing. I don't think it has. I mean, honestly, it would almost need to be a dire situation. Well, there's make... so much traffic. Yeah, I mean... And I don't think that our that, that particular waterway... I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So, like, please correct me if I'm wrong, anyone that's listening. But I feel like that particular waterway isn't used for massive industry anymore. I don't believe so. But I think... It was mentioned at some point and may come up in the notes, at least in one of the bridges as we were reading them in real time, that the maintenance and repair of these bridges requires a lot of materials. And so mm, right. they and may float that. Yeah. So maybe it occurs very late at night or something. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe they plan it out. Yeah. I just on that note, just real quick, I used to live in Gowanus, as you know, Mike. <laughs> and maybe some people listening to that too but the bridge on 9th street right mm -hmm. like smith and 9th i have seen that go up yeah. a number of times yeah over the canal yeah yeah but that's just one bridge and yeah. you can find a way around that without a problem if to yeah to and have, it's tiny and there isn't much traffic to have any there. boat go through there yeah, no, these would be more, way more complicated than that. Yeah. It must happen. Maybe we can find some video or something. Yeah, maybe. hopefully. Maybe by the end of the week we'll see it. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, moving on to our right. next bridge. Moving on to our next bridge, which is the Third Avenue Bridge. That's right. The Third Avenue Bridge only runs southbound. That's right. It connects Manhattan and the Bronx once again. It connects from 3rd Avenue in Manhattan to Bruckner Boulevard 
and Lincoln Avenue in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. The bridge used to go in both directions, not only southbound, but on August 5th, 1941, it was converted to be a single direction, one-way bridge, and it was the same day that the Willis Avenue Bridge was also converted to be one-way northbound. Mm. And we'll talk about that bridge a bit more soon. Mm -hmm. In 1955, they redid this bridge and got rid of the original multi-trussel bridge that was constructed in 1898. Mm -hmm. They removed that and they sold it off. Mm -hmm. And then in 1956 of December, the rebuilt bridge was opened. Nice. And there's a fun fact about the Third Avenue Bridge that it had some press. The Discovery Channel produced an episode of a show called Mega Builders, and the episode was called Spanning the Harlem. It was about the work leading up to the float-in of the swing span for Mm. this bridge. Yeah. It aired in 2004 in Canada only. (laughs) (laughs) And then in 2007, it was released to be viewed all over the world, including the United States. But apparently for... I can't imagine Three years, the pitch only Canadians for this. What a random ass like. I know. It, we want to do this one particular bridge. Why? Eh, you know, Third Avenue. Yeah, Third Avenue. The over famous Third the Avenue in New York River. over the Harlem River. This yeah. tiny little bridge. Yeah. It's like basic ass bridge. Yeah. Canadians are gonna love this. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. So, that's the Third Avenue Bridge. Great. But we didn't really, that's just the, that's just the history of it. Let's talk about it. It's kind of like a normal looking bridge again. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed a little wider. I don't know if that was an optical illusion or not. Maybe. Just by the fact that traffic's going one way or something. But it seemed wider to me. And I think the most... Well, one of the more interesting things about it was that it opened up to the to Mott Haven, a, a lower section of Mott right. Haven that had a lot going on as far as restaurants and spray paint murals and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it was bonkers. I was really surprised. It's like super, I don't know if I even like this word, but it, I don't know how else to say, but it was like super gentrified, like very, very, very over the top bars and restaurants and... But then there was also like uh, like a dirt bike ATV thing happening under the bridge. Yeah, I mean, that's a type of gentrification. I guess so, yeah. It's unclear what the resident composition looks like if people are getting pushed out or if it's yeah. happening more organically. I mean, we don't, we don't really know much about the area, but it looked like it was developing into a destination. Yeah, yeah, which I've I've heard people yeah. say too. So I guess so. Um, the Third Avenue Bridge also, when we entered from the Manhattan side, as we did, mm-hmm. there, it's like this is where all the highways. I mean, I guess the whole time there's lots of highways, but it gets like really intense there. I feel like, and for a while there's just like roads everywhere, 
and you have to cross over the highway to get to the bridge. So you have to go over a bridge to get to the bridge. It's right. like a separate stair, one of those stair bridges. So my my little notes about the Third Ave Bridge, I think the bridge itself was kind of boring because I wrote a cute bridge to get to the bridge. Someone wrote, COVID is a hoax in many places on the bridge. I don't like that. <laughs> bridge itself is perfectly fine. View of the other side of the Amtrak bridge. That's all I wrote. Yeah. So that bridge was fine. <laughs> There's a whole documentary about it. Right. <laughs> the next bridge we went to, as you said, we walked through Mott Haven. Mm -hmm. And we brought ourselves to... The Willis Avenue Bridge. That's right. Which is another swing bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and as we said, that bridge goes northbound. Yeah. Only. Mm -hmm. And the bridge is also part of the course for the annual New York City Marathon. Yeah. And this is the bridge that the runners leave Manhattan and go to the Bronx yeah. before returning to end. And they have dubbed it the wall mm. because it marks the 20 mile point on the run. Okay. There is also a pop culture, there's a number of pop culture references to this bridge. Okay. Willis Avenue Bridge is the name of a song by David Berkeley, mm -hmm. who we don't know who he is. No. Beneath the Willis Bridge is the name of a 2015 album released by A.E. Reef who I also don't know who he, that person is. Go on. The last one, in a famous publicity photo for the film Midnight Cowboy, Joe Buck and Razzo Rizzo are seen walking on the old Willis Avenue Bridge. Well, there you go. We know that one. That's right. Known and loved. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you want to say about the Willis Avenue Bridge? Well. I thought there were a, a bunch of plaques along the bridge that I noticed that give some historical details. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I did I didn't not, notice those. Yep. I did not uh, read them this time around, so I can't give you any additional info. But it just was kind of a signal that that was the standard to which they were trying to hold the bridge, which is, you know, informational as well. Yeah. Not, not the case for some of the previous bridges, so... A little, a little more juice there, so to speak. I like the beige coloring of the bridge. That oh. was a little different than yeah. some of the greens and kind of more metallic-y colors. Yeah. Which I don't, you know, typically necessarily like that color, but as a change of pace, I thought it was nice. And there's lots of bike traffic mm -hmm. on the walkways, and like messenger and delivery bike traffic yeah it's kind of interesting i don't know if there if there's restaurants on one side that deliver to the other side or, or oh, what's maybe. going on exactly yeah, people going to it, work right? or maybe people getting ready for work that we we're just passing but oh, maybe. i noticed it the other day too when i was going by earlier in the day that there was a lot of traffic so something about this particular road of gets a lot of bikers going by. I Is that the bridge, though, that there were a lot of bikers, but it was wide enough that it wasn't really a problem? I'm not sure. Or was it an issue? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't recall it I think being... it was fine. I think it was a pretty wide walkway. Yeah. 
yeah. and bike way. Uh-huh. And I don't think there were signs, like sometimes it says dismount your bike, and I don't think there were on that one. Right. Yeah. What about you? What did you notice? Well, Willis Bridge. Stairs up to the bridge are a fun change of pace, even though I'm tired by now. The view at the top of the stairs is nice. The bridge is a little taller and longer than the others, and now that it's dark, with just a little nice color in the sky, the lights from the other bridges and the taillights on the highways connecting all around creates a good feeling. Only moments onto the bridge, there's a long honk from the road that runs along it, and I'm taken out of my cool mood. Now I'm just thinking about long honks. It happens four more times before they leave the bridge. Unacceptable. Long honks should only be used in special occasions, and traffic on a bridge is not one of those occasions. Okay. So that's what I thought about on that bridge. All right. You noticed the plaques. I did not because I was very consumed with the long honkers. Yeah. Anyway, can I just say this? Uh, go ahead. Long honkers in traffic is so annoying and unnecessary and really just not, like, not okay. Not good manners. Not, you're not going to get anywhere. There's no reason for it. Long honks, I think, should only be used if you're in immediate danger and you need somebody to hear you. Immediate. Yeah, like when, if, you know, if there's a car careening towards you and you need them to stop. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's just an expression of anger that only makes everyone else angry. Like the amount of times that I've been walking and I've yelled at someone for long honking, it's, it's crazy. I mean, maybe I'm just short-fused, but it is nuts. Well, it's illegal to honk in traffic in the city, so. Yeah, well, they should be policing the Willis Avenue Bridge then. I guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah, or give me a ticket book. I'll, I'll take care of it. Give me a ticket book. Do you agree or do you disagree? Well, I don't know. Who would disagree with you? I don't know. Uh, uh, no, I think it's good <laughs> for them to honk for no reason. <laughs> But particularly the long honk, like the quick little beeps, I have no problem with. It's the ones where they lean on their horn. It's just, oh, it is so infuriating. I think we should do something about this. Okay. Well, we have six more months. Yep. All right. So we're off the Willis okay. Avenue Bridge. There's no more long honkers. No more long. We put well, them in the rearview mirror. Yeah. And we immediately go back on another bridge. Yeah, we got right back on another bridge. And this is a fun little trip to Randall's Island. Ooh, yeah. We haven't talked about Randall's Island on the podcast before. No, we haven't, because it's our, well. We've been there one other time. Yeah. <laughs> but we haven't talked about it then. No. Yeah, and we. Will we talk about it now? We will, because okay. we are on the Manhattan to Randall's Island section of the Triborough Bridge. Yes, the Triborough Bridge, which is now also called the RFK Bridge. That's right. And this is a cool bridge. It is a three-parter, mm-hmm. which I think when you're driving, maybe you don't notice it as much, but when you're walking or biking, you actually have to get off the bridge and get back on the bridge yeah. to engage in all three parts. Yeah. So on this trip, we only took the part, like you said, from Manhattan to Randall's Island. And that section is a vertical lift bridge. And it is the largest vertical lift bridge in the world. That's right. 
We talked about this earlier. We don't really know what it means by largest, but it is the it's, largest. Yeah. I mean, it. I did not know that until you told me earlier today. And once I knew, I took new stock of how big this bridge was. Yeah, it was a big bridge. Um, the bridge, the whole bridge complex was designed by Othmar H. Amon and architect Amar Embury II and has been called, quote, not a bridge so much as a traffic machine, the largest ever built. <laughs> and it was landmarked in 1986. And I think the one other thing of note, there's so much to say about this bridge, actually, but I don't want to. It's all like how the bridge was built and whatnot. There's not any great stories like your dam story. So one thing that I will note is that there has been a whole bunch of kerfuffle around bicyclists on the bridge. There are clear signs that bicycles have to be walked across. However, the signs stating this requirement have usually been ignored by the bicyclists. And the New York City government has gone back and forth with the bridge authorities reassessing what kind of bicycling ban they can place on that bridge. Yeah, there is not a single bridge in New York City where there is a dismount your bike sign that it's adhered to. Not in our experience, no. yeah. Which is, I don't know, kind of kind of annoying. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it's fine. I think it just depends. It's kind of like, it seems like a polite thing. Like, I definitely noticed it when we were going over the Gil Hodges, when we were going out to the the Rockaways in our second week and you're supposed to dismount your bike there and it like if there's no one else on the bridge I'd say just go for it just pedal across but when you're like there would be people on their bikes like whistling at me to get over out of the way so they can bike by and it's like it's a tiny little walkway it made me feel very uncomfortable and, and like nervous like physically scared that I was gonna shake off the bridge or something which is crazy but <laughs> it you know and the same with the rfk i think the part that we walked on at least i didn't really mind it was a bit wider but it's still like as a pedestrian you have to like jump out of the way for a bicyclist and it's fine if if everyone's kind of respecting each other's space but it gets annoying when when people start to think that they own it yeah so getting off that bridge, we then take a... Well, what did you think of the bridge itself? I think, like I said earlier, it's a big bridge. Big bridge. That's really... Yeah. I didn't have much to say about it either. I made three bullet points, though. Okay. I like the overhead structure. Mm -hmm. I don't like the shakiness and loud noise when big trucks <laughs> go by. Yeah. I like the wide walkway. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Very good. From here, we are on Randall's slash Ward's Island, depending mm -hmm. on, I mean, mostly Randall's, depending on how you want to name it. Yeah. And that's a nice little walk for our particular marathon this week. We're yeah. there for, I don't know, somewhere between two and three miles. Not sure exactly how long. And we find ourselves after that on the, I think, the only exclusive footbridge. Well, High Bridge was also a footbridge. Oh, you're right. I mean, it was an aqueduct 
at one point. It was a water bridge. But... Yeah, it served multi-purposes. This particular bridge is exclusively a footbridge. Yeah. And that is called the Wards Island Bridge. It is. So, okay, the Wards Island Bridge is also known as the 103rd Street Footbridge. Mm -hmm. But as you already said, it's a pedestrian bridge, crosses the Harlem River between Manhattan Island and Wards Island. It's a vertical lift bridge, which now that we know the names of the bridges, I feel like I can spot them. Sure. The lift bridges have these like cool towers yeah. that stick out of them. Mm -hmm. And this bridge was opened on May 18, 1951. It connects 103rd Street in Manhattan with Wards Island, as you might think, because it's also called 103rd Street Bridge. Mm -hmm. Currently, it's open 24 hours a day, yeah. year round. Yeah. But that's only been since uh, a renovation that happened between 2010 and 2012. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, the bridge was only available from April through October and only during the daytime. Mm. And part of the reason for that is that Wards Island used to house a psychiatric ward yeah. and people that lived right across the bridge in the, on the Manhattan side in what I think was the East River Houses. Yeah. In the 80s and 90s, there was concerns from the people that were living there that there was increased levels of crime. I guess there was increased levels of crime in their neighborhood, but they were convinced that it was because of psychiatric patients walking across the bridge and causing crime. Right. So, yeah. I mean, we both, we talked about this earlier also, and like, sounds absurd and like, yucky but i don't know we'd have to do more research i'm skeptical yeah same so yeah we would have to do more research i don't it's, it's like that's just a note yeah on wikipedia yeah um we talked about the color scheme of the willis bridge that you liked this bridge was originally red yellow and blue mm -hmm. primaries mm -hmm. and now it is sapphire blue and emerald green it was yeah. repainted in 1986 it's a handsome bridge. It's a nice bridge. I like it. It, I didn't say this earlier, it was $2.1 million to build. Mm -hmm. And that renovation that happened between 2010 and 2012, which replaced the walkway deck, replaced the steel superstructure, and replaced the electrical and mechanical control systems, that was $16.8 million. Yeah. So... It's a good thing we got all these renovations done in the 2000s, particularly this last decade. It seems like there was a lot that came online. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to have any money for a while. No, we have no money Yeah. as a city. Yeah. Sounds like. Sounds like. We've been there before. We'll be fine. Yeah. As long as we don't do it, whatever that mayor in the 70s did. Yeah. Over draw. Right. Speaking of drawbridges, don't overdraw. <laughs> so the Ward's Bridge, do you want to say what you thought? You can go. Love this bridge. The structures above look like big faces, which is cute. I didn't love that the lights shut off while we were walking across, but that's just because I'm a little afraid of the dark. Otherwise, it's, a t it's totally a pleasant walk across. Nice length, nice views. Pedestrian only is always a plus. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, we didn't talk about that. We were, it was... 
dark by the time we were at that bridge and it was freaky. Yeah, you're probably seeing a daytime view because I'm going to go back and film daytime footage. Yeah, because you can't see anything in the dark. Yep. But yeah, I enjoyed the bridge as well. It's got nice, interesting proportions. Yeah. And it takes you to an interesting location in the city. Yeah, I would recommend, we didn't really talk about Randall's Island too much just now, but it's, it's cool. It's just kind of, there's like a nature preserve type park thing going on there, salt marshes, I think. And there's riding stables and there's some older buildings and yeah, it's just, it's There's a stadium and it's used as an expo center often for concerts and art shows and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, recommend going out there for a walk around if, if you want. Yeah. Um, so then we were back in the city and we walked down to the Queensboro. That's right. And that's my last bridge. The Queensboro is, I guess, probably the most prominent of all of these bridges, I would say. Yeah. And it's also the 59th Street Bridge, you could call it. Right. So, That's what some people call it. Yeah. And its name, I guess, in the municipal circles officially is the Ed Koch Bridge. Oh, that's the Ed Koch Bridge. That's correct. How's it doing? How's it doing? Very good. It's doing okay. It is, yeah, I think most people generally don't feel great about its renaming. Mm. I guess I'm indifferent, but at the same time, I don't really call it that. Yeah. And I'm not going to force it on others to try and make it that. So. Yeah. But it is a cantilever bridge. Ooh. Which uh, I can't claim to know that I understand exactly what that is. Okay, but well, do your best. The definition is that a cantilever is a structure that projects horizontally into space supported only on one end. So there's some sort of, I guess, weighted math that goes on there in order to make it work. Projects horizontally into space. Yeah. Weighted supported only on one end. Supported only on one so end. So I always picture when I hear cantilever, I picture like a rod going into a square mm -hmm. and then like lifting up mm -hmm. so that it's, which would I guess be that. Yeah. So it kind of like is like maybe a 75 degree angle or no, more, more than 90, like a 120 or something. Yeah. Yeah? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it connects the, I guess, lower portion of the Upper East Side mm -hmm. with Long Island City in Queens. Right. And it passes over Roosevelt Island in the process. Okay. It also runs parallel to a tram system or a gondola system or whatever. It's called a tram. Well, whatever you want oh, yeah. to call it. it. A wired human movement contraption. Oh, yeah, because I guess a tram is also like a trolley or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a ski lift that's enclosed. Yeah. Fits probably, looks like 30 people or something, and it is public transportation. Yeah. Yep. And it was completed on March 30th, 1909. So it is over a hundred years old as the well. The bridge? That's right. 1909. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It is the northernmost of the four 
toll-free vehicular bridges connecting Manhattan to Long Island, along with oh wow the Manhattan, the Williamsburg, and the Brooklyn bridges, right. which we'll be covering okay. in a separate walk. So, but it's far enough away from them that it kind of maintains its own thing, vibe-wise. Right. I didn't realize it was toll-free. It is. Hmm. Yeah. Good to know. Yep. It is the first entry point into Manhattan in the course of the New York City Marathon. Wow. Yep. And it is the last exit point out of Manhattan in the Five Borough Bike Tour. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. There was a extensive renovation of the bridge that is claimed to be over, but I, I mean, there's there's still a lot of stuff going on there when you walk over it, like yeah. these ladders that go oh to nowhere. The ladders that like they all have signs on it that are like, don't be on the ladder. But the ladder is like set up in a way that like, you know, people are getting on those ladders. Probably. Yeah. Just take the ladder down. Just put it on its side. I don't know what like no one's no workers. I, whatever. OK, I don't need to <laughs> I don't need to complain about the ladders. It's getting late. So there was a renovation that began in 1987 and ended in 2012. <laughs> and cost three hundred million dollars. What the hell? Oh my god. Yeah. Wait. What? Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's uh, construction right. in the what city. Is, yeah. Um, in two thousand nine. What did the, they do? I, I honestly, I didn't even write it down. They. Two hundred million dollars. No, three hundred million. Three hundred million dollars and like thirty years. 25 years, I think. 25 years. Yeah. Jesus. In March 2009, the New York City Bridge Centennial Commission uh -huh. sponsored events ma marking the centennial. The bridge was also designated as a National Historic Civil Engineering Landmark. What did they do for the centennial? It was still under construction. I don't know. It was in year 12 of construction. No, no, at no. That point. No, no, no. Much longer. It's year 22. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on December 10th, or I'm sorry, in December 2010, the city announced that the bridge would be renamed in honor of former Mayor Ed Koch from the Queensboro Bridge to the Ed Koch Queensboro Bridge. The name change became official in 2011. The renaming decision was unpopular among Queens residents and business leaders, and many local residents continue to refer the bridge by its older name. New York City Council member Peter Vallone Jr. from Queens vowed to remove Koch's name from the bridge. Vallone said, never in a million years would they think to rename the Brooklyn or Manhattan bridges, but for some reason, it was okay to slap Queens around. <laughs> <laughs> to, wow. my, to my knowledge, uh, Peter Vallone has not succeeded yet in renaming it back to Who, the Queensboro he's a Bridge. He's city council member, you Well, said? he was. Oh, he's know. not anymore. I'm not sure. He may be. But so funny. There, it, it is an iconic-looking bridge, and it is referenced quite a lot in pop culture. I mean, it's been around for a very yeah. long time. So I, there are dozens of different pop culture references that are listed on uh, Wikipedia. Sure. I pulled one from various types of media to give an example, starting with literature. Oh. In F. Scott Fitzgerald's novel The Great Gatsby. Oh, yeah. Jay Gatsby and Nick Carraway traversed the bridge on their way from Long Island to Manhattan. Oh. The city scene from the Queensboro Bridge, Nick says, is always the city scene for the first time. In its first wild promise, 
of all the mystery and the beauty in the world. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it is. That is kind of the feeling. I don't know if I'd say that about the Queensboro Bridge, but that is like the feeling that you have or that I have a lot when I'm go coming into the city at certain times of day or after having been away for a while. Mm -hmm. The title of the Simon and Garfunkel song, the 59th Street Bridge song, mm -hmm. Feeling Groovy, oh, refers yeah. to the Queensboro Bridge. Right. Harper's Bazaar covered the song in 1967 with the record rising to number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart, making it the musical group's best-selling hit. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear the uh, best-selling hit that is our heating system, but I just want to call it out because <laughs> I'm obligated to as the person that's editing this. Now, moving from music to music videos. Okay. Billy Joel's video. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tom. Don't tell Tom. For the 1985 single, You're Only Human, Second Wind. <laughs> I don't think you know that song. Oh, you don't know that song? Was primarily filmed on the bridge. Wow. I'm not going to sing it. But what year? 1985. Oh, right before it. Maybe that's why they had to do the construction. That's right. After Billy uh, <laughs> blew through, here comes the 30-year renovation tour. <laughs> All right. So that's music videos. Now, uh, movies, again, there are dozens of movie uh, credits. Yeah. The Queensboro Bridge was featured in 2012 as one of the few remaining bridges the Dark Knight rise in The Dark Knight Rises after Bane took control of the city. So Is that Batman? That's Batman. Oh. In the third of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, mm. Bane takes over Manhattan and blows up a bunch of bridges. What? Yeah, to restrict Bane access to the is city. The he's, Darth he's the Vader? villain. He's the villain of that. Uh, okay. He's that the guy movie. that wears that weird uh, jaw tooth brace. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is he a? Never mind. Okay. It? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably best. Uh, so that's yeah, but there's a whole other slew of other movie references. I just figured I'd pick that one. Now, as far as television, the Queensboro Bridge has been shown in the credits of a number of television series, oh. including Archie Bunker's Place, The Jeffersons, The King of Queens, Taxi, Rescue Me, and Alphas. Whoa, are those all things that took place in New York City? I believe so. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, there was even a, a handful of video game references. Oh. I'm not familiar. I, honestly, I wasn't familiar with any of the games. Otherwise, I would have picked them. Oh. But I have heard the title of this game. So, okay. uh, gamers. The bridge was destroyed in the video game Crisis 2 when a facility on Roosevelt Island exploded, oh. causing the bridge to violently collapse, which hopefully won't happen this week. Oh, my gosh. I hope not. Yeah. Or ever. Yeah. And then, yeah, that I mean, as far as the bridge itself, it is... An interesting bridge to walk over. It feels like one of the longer bridges, if not the longest bridge we walk over. I think certainly, it's the longest. Certainly longer over. than the Williamsburg, which we've done a lot of walking over this month. Oh, well, I meant on this route. Well, that's, yeah. You think it's longer than the Williamsburg? I do. I'm not sure about that. That's my impression. I, Yeah, it might be. It's not, I guess the Williamsburg Bridge is definitely taller, like more of a hill. Mm -hmm. So it feels like I exert more energy. Maybe. Yeah. And the, yeah, the 
structure of it is kind of compelling and interesting. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't really started walking over it until fairly recently. So yeah, I think we'll be doing a lot more of it in the... I mean, we're already done with Manhattan again uh, yeah. after this week, but... I think we'll be traversing it more in the, the third go around of Manhattan as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I said about the Queensboro Bridge, we've walked over this bridge a number of times now, so I'm pretty comfortable and used to it. It's a fairly long stretch with a lot of traffic. The walkway is too skinny for the amount of bikers and walkers to pass easily, especially now with the snow. But there's a good guardrail, so you don't feel unsafe even when a bike passes too quickly and closely. I like that you can see the tram to Roosevelt Island go by, some extra entertainment. The views other than the tram aren't really anything to write home about. Some water, some land, pretty basic as far as bridges go, but it gets you from one place to the other easily. Real basic bridge. I think I was getting tired. <laughs> and it was dark, so yep. I'm like, the views are nothing. <laughs> I'll have to write another review during the day. It's like we've, we have walked over it so many times. I'm sure I should be able to remember what the views are like in the daytime, but yeah, some water, some land. So that's the last bridge on this walk that we cover. Yeah. I think we should take a brief aside because it's now after midnight and I have to get up to walk again tomorrow. Oh boy. But because last week we released our Seinfeld episode. Yeah. And the week before that, we did our mid-project review. Right. In between, it snowed. It did. And it might not snow again. Who knows? We'll see. I'm not going to hope or not hope. We're just going to live with whatever happens. But I mean, it wasn't even, it was the end of fall. It wasn't even winter yet. And yeah. It really got a head start. But it was the most significant snow we've had in the city in a number of years. Yeah. So for posterity and for interest of those listening, it might be useful to talk about it for a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about it. So it snowed on Wednesday, I believe, yeah. of the week. And it didn't start snowing until later in the day. just like 4 or 5 o'clock was when it started. I was by myself. Jesse was at the studio. And we were doing the natural Manhattan walk, which involved a trip through Central Park. Mm -hmm. So by the time it really was going on Wednesday, I was in the park. I captured a lot of footage, 360 footage which you can see on our 360 video from last week. Yeah. And it was quiet and there were people running, like individuals doing runs and people out and about as the snow was starting to accumulate. And it was really nice to be there. One of the highlights was going to Bethesda Fountain. Mm. And this, there was so much snow even though there's no actual lights around that area, it was illuminated from oh, cool. snow. I guess the snow reflecting off of whatever light sources were available. Yeah. So it created this situation that was very quiet, which is unusual for that area. There wasn't hardly anybody there. And one person, I think, was uh, just hanging out in the, the under mosaic area. And that was really nice. And yeah, just being able to walk around the paths at that time of, you know, six or seven o'clock with the snow coming down, uh, it was really nice. Mm. And then walked from there all the way down to 14th Street. There were still tons of people at the Rockefeller Center area, oh my gosh. which is 
just crazy. It's snowing. There's a pandemic, but it doesn't matter. There's still like an absurd amount of people out there. Yeah, I see the change. Yeah, I don't even know how they're going to get home. <laughs> but that yeah. was that was that. I was in my normal sneakers that day, and yeah. then the next day we woke up and it was still snowing. It was still a little snowing. bit. I think it snowed until about noon the next day. Something like that. Yeah, and we went out, and I still had my sneakers on. I thought that maybe I could get away with it because it was. Maybe not starting the slush. Yeah. That was incorrect. <laughs> Wrong. You tried to put on your rain shoes. That's right. And you didn't fit. No, the, the rain shoes have not been successful purchase for this project. Yeah. And so I don't even they would not have worked anyway no, because I don't think they, they are would have. they're low tops. They're not high tops. They would have worked better than your new balance sneakers. Yeah. But yeah. I bought myself a pair of snow boots about a month ago right. because I was anticipating this. And I bought a pair of Merrells. That's right. That are, yeah, like meant for hiking in the snow. Yep. But they're still kind of flexible. Yep. Grippy on the bottom. Yep. Insulated. And they go up above my ankle. Yep. Yep. So we started the day and I was just cruising through the slush, no prob. And Mike was not cruising as easily as I was. Good sport, you're a good sport. I could have gone the whole day if I had to. Yeah, I think I maybe would have been like more upset about it than you. Just cause like I didn't want your toes to fall off. Yeah, my toes were experiencing pain Yeah. from wetness. And it's just like, we're not trying to be dumb. Like we're not, yeah. like one of our main considerations in our pillars is to, is to take care of ourselves and to value our health. Yep. And so it's one thing to go out one day and be like, I don't need to have snow boots because I don't walk in the snow very much. But it's another to be like, I'm going to walk a marathon without snow boots and that's going to be fine. Yep. Which it, yeah, it probably would have been fine, like ultimately, but what did we do? How'd we fix it? We went to <laughs> REI and I bought snow boots for yeah. the rest of the walk. Yeah. And I bought a pair of Merrells as well. They were comfortable as our clothing values go. They were a step above our general tendency to not purchase products from China. They are from Vietnam, which, again, we don't really have a sense of their origin. Yeah. We believe it to be marginally better, primarily because we believe the government of Vietnam to not practice as many... Crimes against humans. Yeah, tr as, as many troubling practices. Yeah, but again, like, we don't really know. We, we didn't spend the time to research the labor involved in these shoes as much as we do with a lot of our other purchases because this is super functional. Yep. I mean, ultimately, it falls into the tier of functional necessity. So yeah. that's how that's how we track it. Yeah. But we are trying to be transparent with everything we purchase. So yeah. that's the story on that. And yeah, basically did the opposite of what you might expect anybody to do, which is <laughs> walk a marathon in new shoes. Yeah. 
but literally put them on in the store and walked the remainder of the marathon, which was probably 24 miles still. It was a lot of distance still. And the and I don't think I had worn mine except for to try them on when they first arrived to make sure that they fit. It was the first real outdoor wear. And so as far as, you know, people talking about walking around in snow, how that feel? The big things are, well, the the feet, our feet were fine. I mean, if we had done that and it was the first week of doing that, it would have been a nightmare. We would be all blistered yeah. up. But our feet are pretty uh, tough at this okay, point. Okay, we said that in our review. Yeah. And we both said that to each other that day. And then the next day I got a blister. Yeah, but it's gone now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was only there for like half a day. Yeah. But... I felt like I shouldn't be so overly confident about my strong feet. Only lasted a half day. Yeah, but they heard me and they were like, fuck you, girl. (laughs) Yeah, my feet were like, I will blister when I want to blister. Yeah. Well, mostly my feet just felt tired because I think they were still stiff. And also, really more importantly, the terrain was completely uneven. Yeah. Well, it's snow so it's kind of like walking on sand where you're just you move slowly you're trudging along and then at every single crosswalk anyone that is listening to this that lives in new york or has lived in new york during the winter i'm sure you've experienced this but i actually kind of forgot because it's been a while since it's had a big snow every single crosswalk is like there's one not even like a full human width (laughs) It's like one footstep in front of the other space to cross and then a giant puddle and then usually a snowbank. And you don't know if the snowbank's frozen or not. So you don't know if you're going to sink into it or if you have to step over it. It's just like it's navigating. It's just chaos Yeah. at every single cross. So yeah. it took a really long time. For sure. That was definitely the most challenging part about it but once we both had shoes that had a significant enough high top we could walk through any puddle i mean even though we tried to avoid it we could walk through pretty much anything yeah which was nice nice to not necessarily worry about that even though we were still trying to accommodate that situation yeah yeah i was i think i'm a little bit scarred from the rain shoes where I don't want to just step into a puddle, especially like in the beginning of the day, just in case. Yeah. My shoes aren't completely waterproof. Well, it's also so you far, just don't know how okay. deep all of them are. Yeah. Some yeah. Of them go to China. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sometimes you get really scarred. Um, but so the first day we didn't go all the way up to Inwood, or the sorry, the first day of post snow, the Thursday, we didn't go all the way up to Inwood because we. It was such a long day already with the snow. We wanted to not have to take the train. Are you sure about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we walked. I'm pretty sure. We walked though. in through I'm the wood. Sure. We walked in through the Williamsburg Bridge. Yeah. I think you were pretty insistent. You wanted to go see Inwood. No, Friday we went to Inwood. Okay. Yeah, we took. Yeah, no, I'm sure we okay. took the train in on Friday. Yeah. To Central Park. And then we walked all the way up to Inwood on Friday. Okay. But on Thursday, we walked in over the Williamsburg Bridge. Oh, right. And, and we, went we to walked Central Park. up to Central Park. And then we walked back down right. and, Central and Park, all the way home. There were lots of people 
out enjoying everything and that was fun. Yeah, it was really fun to see. There were so many kids sledding and snowmen being built by kids and adults. And mm -hmm. um, there was no skiing because the, the ski rink, wait, what's it called? No, skating. There was no ice skating mm -hmm. because the skating rink was had snow on it and they had to clean it off. And we went to look at it and one of the, it was like there's always instructors out on the skating rink and they were there, I guess, like working, but mm -hmm. they had nothing to do. And they threw, they were throwing snowballs at people up above, mm -hmm. which was kind of cute. And yeah, what else? I mean, there was like, there's this one performer, busker, I don't know what you'd call him, that's always near the bathrooms, near 60th. Uh, in Central Park, and he plays a uh, violin, mm -hmm. and he was out. He was like standing behind a snowbank. It looked like he had been just there all night, snowed in <laughs> <laughs> how he was positioned. But he was having a jolly time, and and people were crowded around listening to him. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there were runners, which was shocking to me. They were doing their thing. As far as our experience, I think the last thing that I want to mention is that the coldness is pretty much under control except for the extremities, like the hands. Right. So you still need to handle that, <laughs> figure that out. Yeah. We ordered some hand warmers, so we'll test those out. Yeah. But... But, yeah, the f it, your fingers get, or our fingers both get, like, really stiff yeah. in the cold. But yeah, otherwise, I don't think there's anything we can't handle moving forward. Yeah. The big thing will be, I guess, if it if it drops to the teens and there's a big wind chill, how we handle that. Yeah, That's I think the, the coldest thing. it got was twenty mid-20s and with wind this week. Yes. And it's, yeah, I guess the other thing to say about the cold factor is that because we're moving, I actually, like, at some point took my hat off and took my gloves off and... Yeah. opened up my jacket and then you close it up again but because you're moving it's like i think we create our own little heat system yeah yep so we got a, we got 12 more weeks ahead yeah so we'll see where it goes and we'll see if we get more snow or not but that's the snow report yeah that's the snow report yeah all right well we did it we got the bridges down we got the snow down and that's it for this week Thanks so much for listening. If you're hearing this on time, we are going to be done with 2020 in a couple of days. Wow. We hope you had a nice holiday season. Mm -hmm. And we hope it continues for the next few days. And yeah. we look forward to exploring 2021 with all of you. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. If this is the first time you're hearing us, please do the like and the share and the subscribing. We'd appreciate it. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.